When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Join us on the Kayak Fishing Obsessed Podcast. It's time to reel in adventure, camaraderie, and the joy of the catch. Here's your host, Darren Wendell. Hey, you fish freaks. Welcome to podcast episode number 54 of the KFO show, Kayak Fishing Obsessed, brought to you by the Wendell Fishing YouTube channel. Self-supported here, no sponsors, just me on my YouTube channel. Um, we had a milestone, actually, this past week. Over 1,000 videos posted. And so you have, if you're listening in from Spotify or Google or whatever, wherever you're out there on the podcast, head over to YouTube. I got daily shorts, daily community posts, weekly podcast, and at least one weekly video, sometimes two, especially when we get all jacked up during the summer. But uh, switching gears a little bit, if you guys are on Facebook, you're like, hey, YouTube, I only go over there. I don't go over there for like community. And but you're on Facebook. I created a new page called Kayak Fishing Freaks. And so what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to post that in the YouTube stream here. Love for you to be a part of that. I just started it about a month ago. I already have like 280 people over there. People are posting left and right. And so that is very exciting. I wanted to th- a few thanks to three people in particular. I got some new channel members, Cognac Fishing, Aspire, Herb Blake. Thank you guys for supporting and becoming a channel member. Um, for I, I have a variety of different benefits to that. One of those is you get early access to all my videos. So um, get like a week early. Get to see what those are. So I thank you guys so much for that. Remember, if you are joining us live here on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram, this is interactive, right? So ask your questions. I'm going to do my best to get them answered. And of course, one of my favorite things is whenever I'm like talking to a guest and I look over into the comment section and there's like a whole nother conversation taking place. And so love when that happens. But um, I want to welcome our guest, fishing in the Cincinnati and Ohio Valley area from the banks, from the kayak, wading through the water, Matt from Matt's Fishing Mission. My man. What's going on? How's it going? It's going good. It's going good. I've seen your stuff for some time now, but I have yet to have you on the show. And so mm-hmm. thanks for carving out the time. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Glad to be talking about smallmouth in the creeks. Oh, yeah. Sly <laughs> what Fox. A better, what a better subject. Sly Fox over here is like, hey, this guy's like the Smalley Hammer. So I'm excited to ask questions. And uh, I've been watching some of your videos today. It's fun. You're just wading, wading through the rivers, doing doing the thing. I know a lot of people are getting into the river scene now, right? Yeah. A lot more people. Um, yeah. You know, I, it was the COVID explosion of that got people. Is an interesting statistic. During the, 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 the pandemic, we went from, uh, I think it was like, a million five uh, uh, fishing licenses to over 12 million. Whoa, I didn't so know that. There was a major explosion and, and it was like, wow. So there's going to be a lot of new anglers that don't yet know how to respect the waters and mm. don't know how to you know take care of the fish and stuff like that. But there's also going to be a lot more interest in, and there's going to be a whole new growing community. So that kind of exploded the scene for for getting on the banks and creeks because that's an easy way to start, in, start into fishing. So Yeah, 12 mil? Yeah, yeah. And I I saw that stat like two years ago. So it was 
the, sure. the fishing. Now that people have a little taste of fishing, I don't know if they're going to keep on it, but there was definitely that, that many licenses. The increase was just astronomical. I love it. I love it. Someone uh, Sly Fox has a question for you. Ask Matt how that little miracle he has is doing. I think he's referring to the new addition to your family. Yes, yes. Little Phoebe Crystal Wesley is doing amazing. She was our little miracle baby that fought all the odds uh, through oh, surrogacy and Jen okay. fighting cancer and everything like that. And yeah, we brought her brought her into the into the world. Without going into too much detail of all the backstory, unless you want to hear it. <laughs> I, I, I haven't heard it. So, I mean, oh, yeah, you're so, my guest. I want to hear it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, amazing, amazing story uh, that had a little heartbreak in it. My, my wife found out when we were trying to have a, a child. Uh, luckily, we found it during trying to have a child. And uh, she she ended up uh, finding she had cervical cancer. Oh. And so the option was uh, before we went into the chemo and the radiation, which would kill all her eggs. Yeah, we we were told, listen, if you want to do something that's biologically yours, you got to get it and freeze it, create an embryo and get as many as you can. We started with 12 down to only one made it. And then it was going to be a 50 50 chance that it took once we found a surrogate, if we could ever find a surrogate. Oh, my and in wife, the meantime, your wife's going through chemo. Yeah. Yeah. So we well, we we had to do that first. We created the embryo, got it frozen, and, and they said they can freeze it for 50 years. So whenever you're ready. Uh, we found an absolute miracle of a person. Her name is Crystal, and that's why we named Phoebe's middle name Crystal. Oh. Offered to carry our baby for us, and uh, she's kind of part of the family. And uh, uh, yeah, so two miracles. She offered it. Uh, Jen fought the cancer, got it done. As soon as she was done and clear, we were like, let's move forward. Did the transfer. Crystal carried the baby for us. And back in September, little Phoebe Crystal was born, and she is doing as good as you can do as a little baby. So, we Oh, are man, that's awesome. Man. Praise God for that, man. I'm so glad that that's a miracle story. Yeah, a couple. That's a, like multiple. It's stacked. Multiple. Yes, definitely. <laughs> it's <sighs> definitely been the light at the end of the tunnel, and it has just revitalized us. It has been awesome. You know, fishing's great and all that, but when you get down to the life stuff like that, man, that's that's the real juice. Sly yeah. Fox, thanks for asking that question. Matt, yeah. thanks for sharing the story, man. Absolutely glad that. So uh, life is like turned upside down for you, then. Yeah, yeah, I, in a good way. Like it's uh man, dad mode. I've been practicing so long as an uncle. The dad mode is just, yeah, now I'm in dad mode. You know, the dad jokes are official and <laughs> yeah. So it's a, now I'm carving out time to fish a little differently, but it's still working. It's, still it's working. a, it's a little different um, with kids and yeah. uh, you get into a rhythm with the family. I know during the summers, my wife is freaking awesome. So she allows me to go out like every Saturday morning nice. um, to go. <laughs> but and now like Saturday morning, she's like, Hey, I think I want you Saturday morning, I think you should cook, get up early and cook breakfast for the family. He's like, I'll do whatever you want as long as you allow me to go fishing right. when the summer hits every Saturday morning. Is it going to take bacon and cinnamon rolls? I got uh, you. Anything. You just name it. I will get up and I'll be freaking essence of Everill and doing yeah. the salt off my salt bay over here, making <laughs> breakfast for the family if that allows me to get out there. Are you are you fishing now? Because I know streams aren't iced over. It's cold. Are you no, still out there? I haven't. I haven't fished in, in several weeks. Um, I, last time I got out there, I went out with uh, Paul from Cincy Fish Dudes. Oh, yeah. And we, man. Ripped, we ripped it up pretty good. It was a pretty good day. Um, I've had a few spots doing crappie fishing. I hit a pond and caught a bunch of LMBs. And uh, I was doing a little video where I was supporting a high school student who made her own baits. I saw and, that uh, video. Yeah, I, she, I saw I mean, the thumbnail. I didn't actually get into watching it, though. Yeah, it was it was great. Great story. Uh, she started when she was like 13 years old, Breezy Bombers. And uh, she's an you know, Ohio uh, bait maker. And I was like, yes, yeah, send me some stuff. I'll absolutely, I'll, you know, I don't have to 
do anything. Just uh, give it to me, and I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll pump you out as much as I can. Yeah, she's got some good baits. So if you haven't checked, she out, she is a bait maker. What is yeah, she? Yeah, started in her freshman year, seventeen now. So she's a senior in high school, I believe. Making baits, seventeen. Already going to iCast and like uh, in the. She's gonna be at the Cincy Expo. She was at the Lawrenceburg Expo. Like it's just, just making waves, making waves. She's uh, a she's an entrepreneur. Does she got a channel? Or she like puts this stuff up, or she just? Doesn't, I don't think fun. she's got a YouTube channel. She's yeah, just focused on her on her business, you know. Too much in school. I think when she graduates, she'll probably crank out some vids. Okay. Speaking of speaking of, I, I haven't talked about this yet. Um, kind of fishing during February. There's all these like conferences or uh, expos is what yeah. the word I'm looking for. Is anybody out there going to the Columbus Expo? I'm going to be there on Sunday. You're going to be there? What I'm day gonna be there on be Saturday. There? Saturday. Ah, I'm going to miss you. Saturday. Yeah. I'm going to miss it. If anybody's going to be there on Sunday, let me know in the comments over here, which I should probably be paying attention to. There's like This will 14. be my first time going to the Columbus, and I've heard it's the of Ohio's expos. This is the one to go to. Last time I went, it was – it might have been – no, it was pre-COVID. It was like the year before COVID. I'm telling you what, I walked in there. I could barely move. There were so many people. Really? The line to get in was probably 200 yards. Oh, boy. And I just remember, like, you're doing, you know, you're just kind of shorter to shorter, moving people around. And you, it was it was insanity. I can't wait to go again. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what it is. See what it is now. I don't know. Maybe I went on a Saturday and everyone was there on a Saturday. Maybe Sunday, since it's shorter hours, might be less people. True. True. I don't know. But I just know I got a pocket full of cash and all kinds of stuff I probably don't need. I'm going to buy anyways. So anybody else going to go? I'm looking over here. No one else in the, ch in the in the chat is heading in there. I see Kawasaki. He's going Saturday. Oh, right on. Copley in the Creek going Saturday. Steve Brockway said Saturday probably. See? I, I'm right. All the people are going on Saturday. Don't buy all the goods. Leave me some. Leave me some. Uh, leave me some juice, folks. Speaking of juice, you showed me something in the green room. What in the world, man? I'm I'm really just jealous to be completely honest with you. Because when I saw listen, that, I'm like, I'm excited. I have never I have never thrown being a creek angler. You know, small profiles, you know, finessey stuff like that. And I have never tempted to tie on a mambo jumbo wake bait. In my favorite pattern of all, baby bass. Uh, boom. Yeah, look at this. Look at that. That is hand sized. <laughs> I'm gonna have to buy a new rig to throw this thing. Like that is I... a, it's three, it's three and a half ounces, I believe. So it's got some weight to it. And man, I just know a big old smallie, or even a small smallie is gonna crush this thing. Oh yeah. It will crush <laughs> you know, the little bully small smallies. They'll come out and eat anything. So but yeah, I... I'm excited to throw this thing. This is from 12 Oaks. Uh, custom baits. Okay. Yeah. 12 the, uh, Oaks. 12 I Oaks. He, 12 he oaks. threw me in a little extra as a bonus. It's like a. Oh, kind of it's a like a spy style. bait slash. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a top water. Looks like one of those little spy propellers, but it's a top water. It's a spy kind of bait a meets sided whopper popper. That's what it yeah, is. Flat sided whopper popper. Yeah. I'm excited. To, I'm excited to get that thing on the water. You know, I had a, I had one of my teammates for the knucklehead. Um, I don't know why her, her name is escaping me at the moment tammy sanchez she i had her she was on and she was talking about the baits and she uses something just like that and she got in the morning and just slow that thing's just slow rolling on the top and she said within 30 minutes she, she usually had one so pretty crazy because those those yeah. baits aren't cheap if you're to buy them yeah msrp like how much does something like that run 
I'm sure these run. Um, I was given a little bit of a hookup on this, but I'm sure these run. I saw them at the expos. All of them are in the fifty to hundred dollar range. Like the size alone and the custom job on them. Yeah, almost all of them you will find are over fifty to a hundred dollars. Yeah, crazy. some some I've seen like a hundred, a buck fifty. Oh look, Tammy's in the the comments over here. She's like, "Sweet, love that. I knew you would. I thought about you, Tammy. I knew you would like that." I just want to catch something on it before I donate it to it to the tallest tree. <laughs> That's all I want to do. <laughs> Fly Fox has a question for you. What happens when you break break it off? And well, I guess for those on the podcast, you're like, "What in the world are they talking about? Uh, do we actually explain what <laughs> what it was? A little bit. You did a little bit. Um, are you going in after that thing if you if you break it off in deep water? You know, being a creek angler, there's not a place that's usually deep enough where I won't reach down and get wet and get in the water. So yes, if I <laughs> I'm not a big lake fisherman, so I'm in the creek, I'm going to get this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sly Fox said, yeah. I know I've been in some water for five dollar baits. So when it reaches 50, exactly. 150, um, Copley in the creek said, show the width if you could. The width. Okay, yeah. there we go. There it is. Oh yeah, that's juicy. They did a good job on that paint. How long they've been doing it? Not sure. I recently just found this guy and uh, was like, hey, I saw something on your website. And he goes, I don't offer that anymore. I can make you another custom one. And I said, baby bass. And he said, say less, my dude. Oh. So 12 Oaks. If someone could go like put that link in the the comments here so people can go check it out. Yeah, Derek um, is Derek's in here. He's a big fan of 12 Oaks. He'll awesome. Yeah. If you could throw that in there for us, that'd be awesome. Everyone can go and stop paying attention to us and go actually go check that out oh man so you fish with uh paul a lot if you guys remember i had the cincy fish dude even though dudes is his channel and so it's like the, the collective all the fishermen is, around yeah. and when you crazy. fish with them you become a cincy fish dude you do i have a pin exactly it's on my and i'm, mm -hmm. I'm a cincy fish dude, even though i live in i mean i'm from ohio but uh even though i live a couple hours away but when i went down there that man hooked me up like he took me out put me on the juice he took me to some place we weren't even supposed to be <laughs> um it was it was a lot of it was a lot of fun he took me to he's like oh matt's usually i'm i'd be surprised we didn't even see him down here um and so Listen, i'm so proud of him he's become such a good fisherman watching my videos <laughs> <laughs> i know he's gonna watch, Is he watch it right now i, I know he's, he's gonna it watch right it later now. i'm sure <laughs> um no dude we have a great time man we are always uh having a good time pranking each other oh i pulled some epic pranks on him and he's, oh, he's saw... attempted he's attempted to get me back but You've seen the uh, the one where I wrote my buddy into playing Farmer John and pull a shot. That's the one that I was trying to find. I was going to show it tonight, but I couldn't find it anywhere. So much happened in that episode. First, that was the same episode where a baby fawn jumped into the river and swam into my arms. Oh, like, hold on. I'm gonna. I have that queued up. I'm gonna yeah, show it right now. Yeah. Give me a second because this is this is wild and crazy. Let me share my screen. That happened right. and the prank happened all in one video. Oh, that, that was, was the same video. Okay, same, let me see yeah. here. I'm gonna share this. All right, everyone. Well, let me get rid of this uh, banner. Boom. All right. Let's make this big. Here we go. Fell down the bank. Hey, little guy. Those listening in, there's a baby deer in the other side of the bank. Great. He had slipped down from oh, the awesome. grass and he's stuck on that bank side. I don't know. I think the mom will hear that. <laughs> That's Paul. What's she going to do? I don't know. Like walk, jump. I, I don't know. Catch and cook? I feel like, oh, man. Catch and cook? You're going straight to hell now. <laughs> <laughs> 
He I said sloppy does. Oh, did he for real? <laughs> what? Oh. Okay, just jumped in the water if you're if you're listening in. Come here. You've got to Hi. be kidding me. No way. It just swam into your oh. arms. Dude. Come on. I'll like he knew out. that we were there to help him. I'll help you out. <laughs> Give him away from Paul. Sloppy does. This fawn is uh, <laughs> just sitting here on this bank. He must have fell down. Oh, he is. We he adopted. Is, uh, we adopted. We're gonna we're gonna help him get back up this bank because he was just kind of stuck here, and I'm sure he came from up there. I got this. I know. Oh my gosh. I heard that. And there it is. Get back to safety. Oh, he he gives us one little look over his shoulder and says, "Thanks, bros." <laughs> that is that is wild. Yeah. I mean. Who has a story like that? There's a lot of crazy things that happen when you're out there creek fishing, but when does a baby fawn swim into your arms? Doesn't say a word until you're like putting them back into the grass. Yeah, that was wild. That is pretty That's cool. Crazy. So tell so, tell me about the, I saw the prank in like a short, I believe. So is that like a thing between you and Paul always pranking each other? It's, it's a thing between me and Paul where I'm always pranking him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always like pretending to throw snakes on him. Uh, he was deep down trying to get something out of a stump that was underwater. And I poked him with a stick on his ankle and he thought it was a cat. Like I, I, I'm always trying to get him with something. Okay. So this prank. Yeah. The farmer John prank. Was the first time he, uh, he did this stretch and I, my, it was my, my buddy's property lines up to it. And so I'm on the, you know, texting him. I'm like, dude, are you home? Can you, can you bust out a favor for me? Gosh. And he's like, what do you need? I was like, man, can you bring like your shoddy out and just like, pop a couple shots in the air or whatever. He's like, I don't want to do that. But he's like, I'll put my overalls on and I'll bring it out. And I'll, I'll come raring down in the truck and do like some skid outs and, and I'll get out screaming. He sure did. He was get off my property. I, get off my river. Holding his shotgun in the air. And Paul, Paul is such the Jedi. Paul immediate was, was like, uh, uh, Fred gave us permission. And I'm like, it's Fred. <laughs> immediately came up with an excuse, like boom. And I was like, man, and I'm like, dude, dude, he's got a gun. He's pointing at us. I'm like grabbing him and I'm running and I'm like tripping and falling. And then you, I can see the panic in Paul's face. He's like, and, I'm leaving. Like, and I'm like, dude, that's, that's my buddy Brandon. And he's like, you sasso bingo. I'm like, I can't freaking, he's ready to kill me. But uh, so hysterical because we were both dying laughing. Yeah, that was, that was a good one. Uh, I got a kick out of that because at the end of the day, creek fishing kind of like this. Is this weird dynamic between landowners and fishermen and entry points and what is their property technically? Yeah. And the misunderstanding. And I'm sure run-ins, maybe with some other anglers and just hillbilliness. So walk us through that weird. If you're getting ready to enter into creek fishing for the first time in Ohio, walk us through the laws. So those who are listening in. Yeah, do it, it right. It's definitely tricky because ninety percent of the time, you you probably will be trespassed, technically trespassing on someone's land. If you're a creek waiting, feet on the ground, uh, you probably will. My advice to anyone who does creek fishing is: if you are approaching a property that you can see, if you can manage it, fish from the other side of the bank because typically property lines legally go down the center of the bank, right, or right. center of the creek. Now, if you're floating it, you've got a lot more leeway because you are allowed floating. You're allowed even portages. They allow portages to get out and then immediately get back in. But if you're feet on the ground, you are actually trespassing. So I always tell people, you know, try to fish the opposite side of, of a bank. If you see a house with property or whatever, especially if they got postings up, that means they know they probably have eyes on the creek. Yes. Um, they're waiting. You know, and if someone. you do get approached, uh, you know, be as kind as you can. 
offer to turn around. Do you care if I just pass through? I don't want to disturb anything. Um, that's why I fish with Paul a lot because he is the absolute Jedi master of turning a bad situation into a good one. And um, he's had some good old boys have, uh, the, you know, that were strapped at the hip, ready to, you know, say, get, get the hell out of here. And Paul just turned it around and, you know, just started yucking it up with him. And then we've got permission to park. I don't yeah. know how he does it every time. <laughs> he is the absolute Jedi master of turning situations around. That's, yeah, he's much he, more cooler and calmer and collected uh, than I am. Well, he also, he's not rolling around the beard, right? Yeah, yeah. It's He looks like... You could trust him. He looks like average dad. Him. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I want to be your best friend. Start talking to me. And uh, yeah, I remember having these conversations with him when I was fishing. It's like, what happens when you have run-ins? He's like, Hey, you know, what? I end up to be honest with you. By the time we get done, we're friends and we're talking about fishing, but they yeah. were coming in hot <laughs> exactly. to begin with. And he, he, right. He's like, he got the Medi Jedi mind tricks. He actually, he's in, in the comments here. He said, I'm just about is. ready to win trivia, fellas, and then listen in. Don't let Matt Smack talk about me, Darren. Too late, my friend. <laughs> late. I don't know what you're doing playing uh, trivia when. Yeah. So it's fair game. You can say whatever you want about. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So good. Oh, uh, we have a good time. He's tried to get me back a few times. He brought a rubber snake out, of all things. Brought a rubber snake out. And uh, he's, like, fishing around in the water. And he goes, Matt, are you recording? And I'm like, <laughs> red flag. <laughs> You work on your... that I mean, I just catch it. Like, <laughs> I love snakes. I, I'm the guy who's always picking up the snakes. I play what's under this rock in my videos. So, oh, that is uh, yeah, that's a horrible game. Uh, oh, yeah. They call those nope ropes. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> I'm, not, exactly. I'm not a big snake fan. <laughs> uh, so let's hop into creek fishing. Let's get, well, I got all kinds of stuff to talk about around creek fishing. Um, particularly, I like the idea of, since there's so many new people getting into the sport, Creeks are, are a, kind of a different beast, right? You got to have a little more adventurous spirit. You got to be willing to deal with potential run-ins with people. But a lot, most of the time, you're not running into anybody. No one really, really 95% of the time, you're, that, you're 95. You're right. You talk about 100 times, you get five people you run into. Oh, yeah, you're it's probably less. It's probably 99% of the time, yeah. 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 But yeah. then you got to find parking spots and all that all that jazz. And once you once you have your, your milk run, you're good to go. But it takes a while to get and to research all of these places. So if someone's getting into creek fishing, they want to target some smallies. What what are some what are some things that go through your hide or, or go through your head or what are some things that you would recommend doing first? Um bringing with you like just entry level stuff. Bringing with you? Um well to start off if you're trying to find spots, yes. Find your access points like you know your state road bridges. Those are typically the easiest and safest and non-trespassy places to kind of get in and usually at a bridge you'll have a little tiny spot where you can pull off um but as far as like bringing with you creek fishing I, i've told people this a, a million times if, if i was only allowed to bring three things on the river okay all right it's going to be a white grub decent chunky size grub okay like a three maybe even a four inch grub white grub white grub fire is what i always call them go on a square bill crankbait okay again one of my favorite colors baby bass I like the Bandit 100. That's one of my Ooh. favorite crankbaits. Super well-balanced, durable, great paint job. It doesn't flake off. Super awesome Bandit classic one. And then uh, finally, we're we're going to throw a paddle tail. Uh, paddle tails uh, mimic a ton of bait fish in the creek. Um, you got your shiners. You got your chubs. You got all kinds of small little bait fish. And again, baby bass pattern. I love throwing a baby bass pattern there you in go. the creek. The focus. Good three to four inch paddle tail um if i could bring nothing but three things those would be the three things i would start now depending on 
where you're targeting, you're always going to find a deep hole. You want to bring something finessey around. Helgramites are always good for that. Creek food for smallies. Helgramites are one of the top foods other than crawls. Yeah. Um, but I like the way working a, a, a Helgi goes. So working <laughs> yeah. a Helgi on a, uh, a Ned Rig. This is the yum. Okay. Um, actually got a little care package sent from Nico the other day. So I got those around here too. Then they're indestructible plastic. Uh, but I like throwing these on uh, an EWG Ned head. Right. Yep. It is just a really nice weedless. You can kind of bounce it into any kind of cover. Not going to really snag into too much. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'd either get a small crawl presentation. And smallies, smallies are, they're finicky when it comes to crawls. And if you notice you're not getting a bite on on a crawl, the, you probably have too big of a claw on the crawl. Because there's been a lot of studies done on smallmouth that they will, they will, suck in and then spit out and suck in and spit out and really try to work a large crawdad that has pinchers to right. try to get those pinchers to fall off. You know, they'll suck it in, hit it a couple times with their crunch plate, spit it out and try to get basically disable it for an easy meal. So it's not attacking them inside or what I assume that's why they do that. So if you're ever having issues in a Creek, it's specifically with Creek fishing. Yeah. They'd like to disable their, their large size crawls. If you're using a little bitty, itty finesse kind of thing, Probably no issue. But if you've got something with great big flappy claws on it and you're finding an issue of getting that bite done, try snipping those bad boys off. Or use a profile that's very Ned-like, that's got the body, thick body of a of a crawl without the big flapping appendages. Okay. So that's, a, that's, a little, that's a little tactic there. But yeah, basically bring something that's going to work the bottom. So those are my, I'd say my four go-to. Something to work the bottom, a uh, big old grub, paddle tail, and a square bow shallow diving crankbait, something one to three feet. I like it when I go fishing in Pennsylvania. I go fish tributaries of the um, of the Susquehanna, and smallies are just ridiculous. There's big boulders. I mean, they're they're high. They're everywhere. I mean, I, I remember in one hole. I think I caught probably 70, 75 smallmouth. They were yeah. just eating wacky worms. They were destroying the green pumpkin red flag for whatever reason that day. Um, I love fishing the Ned rig. That's when Paul took me out. It was cold. And yeah. he's like, oh, I retired my Ned. And I was like, well, that's really the only thing I got. And that was slaying that day. But to your point, when it comes to crawdads, I fish a lot. We'll go out and we'll 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 get our limit of crawdads. We'll just pick up the rocks and net them because they love them. But anytime I get like the monsters, you're absolutely right. If they have two monster claws, I'll rip one off. And then I'll hook it up to the tail and throw it nice. out. And so that typically does it. The smaller the profile I have found, um, Usually the large ones will, they like that soft, call them butterballs. When you feel the back of their shell, it's yeah. a little bit soft. Usually those things will just, just smash. Um, let me see. I had here to go we back got... in this comment and I, yeah. I, you're right. I totally, Steve, I totally missed. I, after, before this year, I was not a big fan or I just wasn't a big user of spinner baits. I changed that this year. Uh, LureNet, my sponsor sent me a, boatload of spinners and said you know try these out in the spring and i threw them and i'm telling you i caught all six of my fish ohio 18 oh, wow. spring smallies all on spinner baits and i threw them the rest of the year as well and they just they just they just worked so well i it's now a confidence bait it went from a low use bait to now it is up there in confidence and yeah i just forgot to i hate spinner baits I hate, you really? I, I hate fishing. I mean, I know when to bring them out and they'll catch fish. I just don't enjoy it. I'm actually having Sly Fox fishing on the show next week, and we're going to specifically talk about 
fishing spinner baits because he's been doing it for 30 years. So looking forward to having him on next week. Uh, Mike C is calling you out. He said, don't lie. You throw a rooster tail a rooster as well. Tail. <laughs> is that a joke I, or is he for real? That's a joke. Yeah, yeah. I started. I mean, I think we all started throwing <laughs> rooster tails back in uh, 18. I think that's how my stamp channel started. Throwing them rooster boys. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, I saw someone said, Do you throw uh, Big Joshy? Uh, Paul from Zitsy Fish Dudes put me on to Big Joshy, and I said that I've threw that I've, I've thrown those a few times. Their plastic is a little bit softer, so if you're gonna, I, if you use them, I like to glue mine to my jig head just to get a little bit extra life out of it. Uh -huh. But that that looser plastic gives you a nice wobble to it. It's uh, they, they do well. They had a baby bass that they, did, they discontinued, I think it was like LMB Fry, they called it. Okay. It was the man, it was so good, and I can't believe they discontinued it. They bring it back, it's going to be like the McRib. Everybody's going to go crazy. <laughs> the McRib, <laughs> I love that thing. You remember the pizza McDonald's used to have? No, no, they had this little, little round pizza. Anybody remember the pizza? Because that thing was freaking delicious, at least it was whenever I was like a kid, but they never brought it back. It was like for a short period of time in my youth. Was it the Nick pizza, or was it like I the, mean, it had to be? I don't know if it was McPep? called Nick Pizza. <laughs> Anybody remember? Is, am I like hallucinating here is anybody remember the mcdonald's pizza because that was yummy uh mcrib what happened to the snack wrap that's what i want to know amen i am about to flip some tables if they don't bring that back burger king came out there doesn't taste anything like it exactly snack wrap with a buffalo sauce i <laughs> ate that every day i'm surprised oh my gosh there we go that's Jenny my wife. wesley she yeah she, she remembers the mcd's pizza she used to work at a mcdonald's when her come first on. job come McD's on these pizza what was it called, Jen? Was it called the McPizza? I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> Steve, I remember it. And I'm proud to say I never ate one. Steve, come on. That, that hurts. You're missing out on some of the joys in life here. All right. What are people saying? Amy Richards loves spinnerbaits. Digworks. Lurnet. Doesn't Uncle Frank Scalish work with Lurnet as Ooh, well? Yes, he does. Oh, Mr. Frank Scalish does the custom paint uh, designs for uh, the bank and Creek kits uh, that they ask me to uh, kind of promote because I'm in that space, that bank and Creek area. Oh yeah. So yeah, they do some custom work and oh, Mr. What a, what a name to have for, for a fisherman. Scalish. Scalish. I know, right? It's That's almost perfect. like you're born for it. At least your parents knew something. Uh, Pembolt legacy fishing. I like the war Eagle chartreuse gold. There we go. Nice. Spinner baits rock for smallmouth. Rob's wood and custom saw milling. Um, so what is the dislike for spinners? What is your, what is your, uh, what, 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 what kind of is putting you off about them? Uh, I'm probably not, I'm not fishing creeks with them. Um, uh, I'm typically, uh, I'm, I'm kayak fishing lakes and ponds. And so I know, I know the time to bring them out. I just, it's not exciting to me. There's a lot of other things I would pick over that, that has similar action and gets the same smash hit than mm -hmm. the spinners, but I know they work as well. And so I don't know. I ebb and flow every year I have, I try to pick just a few unconfident baits and I will have them tied on the entire season, which they perform the best until I dial them in. I call it uh, just part of my teaching. Always have an unconfidence bait. Cause so many people are just used to going back to their confidence and they don't ever really grow in their skill or hone their craft. And so did that with a jig last year and I caught all my largest fish except for one. Uh, I got a PB this last year, but nice. most of my largest fish were on jigs, three, eight ounce green pumpkin, usually the D bomb trailer. And once I dialed that in, I was like, holy crap, I cannot believe I haven't fished this my like entire life. 
And I was one of the guys that was like, oh, jig, I hate jig fishing. I can't ever catch a fish on a jig. It's because I didn't, I, I threw it five times. So like, hey, this isn't performing like the other things I have confidence in. Right. So the thing sucks. <laughs> like like everybody <laughs> says. Yep. Yep. What's, uh, do, you, do you have anything slated for your let's, I want to grow with this bait the this year? Oh, that's a good. I really want to expand with the with the so many types of jigs out there, your swim jigs, your football jigs, your you know grass jigs, your flipping jigs, your pitching jigs, all these. I really want to dial in the usage for all those more. Yeah. Um, I really want to hone in. I, I got a, a Garmin UHD 92 SV um, fish finder and I got it like halfway through the last season. And so I didn't really dial it in because I'm like fishing, fishing every day. I don't have time to do a video like that. And so I spent a lot of time this this. Um, this winter really learning how to utilize it. And I want to start doing a lot more offshore fishing. Typically I'm, I'm beating up the banks, doing pretty good at it, but I really want to go out there where most kayakers are not boats are out there. A lot of times, a lot of kayakers stick to the shore. Um, and so are you talking Erie, no, I, I, I don't get up to Erie a whole lot. Uh, I, I my buddies and I just keep talking about it. There's a lot of great smallmouth up there. Um, no, I'm just talking about, hitting the banks around the local lakes that we have here. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know wow. about, I don't know about lures yet. I haven't really thought to, I still got a couple more months to think on that. But great Mine is here. I really want to, I want to, I want to dive into throwing a fluke. Um, especially when it comes to the Creek, I've got a few guys that throw flukes and just swear by them. And they de definitely produce cause I see them catching on them on a, on a weightless, just EWG, no weight, flicking it around almost like a jerk bait. Yeah. And you know, they, they're, they're like, it's going to weed out all the rock bass for you. It's going to weed out those river bullies, as I call them, and just get yeah. in the way and try to, you know, attack everything that you're trying to get a smallie on. So I, I think uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to fluke to increase my confidence in that this year. Let me know if you're listening in. What is, yeah. if you kind of subscribe to the unconfidence deal, what would be a lore that you want to learn? What are you laughing at over here? My uh, wife. She says uh, my unconfidence bait is wacky worm. <laughs> <laughs> Caught one fish and never rigged it again. <laughs> I love it. What else have we got here? Let's do some fluke videos, Matt, from Cincy Fish Dudes. I love you know it. I'm in. You know I'm in. Um, my, chaotic, my, chaotic, my Chaotic Fishing, Texas, when you're first getting started, just use anything that you would use on a Carolina rig. There you go. There you go. Steve's giving away my holes over here. There's so many great places to fish up here in Northeast Ohio. A um, lot of great big bass on those lakes there. How northeast are you? Are you up in the corner there? Are you uh so I'm in Canton? Okay, okay. So I'm an hour from Mosquito, Mogador's right down the street, Nimasilla is probably 20 minutes away. There's all kinds of smaller lakes and ponds around where I'm at. But did you catch uh, wind of the absolute? I mean, in the creek world, this blew up the absolute truck of a smallmouth that was caught in Ohio Brush Creek. No, seven and a half pound creek smallie came out waiting i don't know what i would do if a, a six pounder a, a, let alone a seven and a half pounder that is just so mind-blowing where's that brush boy, where's brush creek hey it's a, it's a trip off of erie so it, it snakes down off of erie it's uh east of cleveland area um if you just kind of follow the map you'll see the tribs up there and yeah yeah ohio brush creek and oh, wow a seven and a half pounder i saw the picture that this guy was holding up and i was just like where is that i want to go can someone find that article and a picture of that fish and throw it in the comments yeah. i need this i need to see this just thing. an absolute monster oh all right 
the, that's what makes me jealous about the northern ohio fish the the trips especially the one that's that come off erie is that you've got just some of those monster smallmouth that decide to just kind of scoot up and do some spawning in those creeks before they head back out to the lake and that is a uh, man the ohio doesn't have them quite where in cincinnati anyway i know there are some ohio, ohio river spots that are just uh holding some some beefcake smallies <laughs> Beef gotta go a little bit more toward uh more towards <laughs> west virginia <laughs> so you you do have a kayak yeah yeah that you roll with i know that paul Nothing does decked too. out so w- what is it and when do you when do you decide to break that out versus go wade fishing is it time um i i i'm gonna be honest i do about probably 90 percent waiting and i'll bust the kayak out um i don't know if i've just got a long long day that i can commit to being on the water i really hate short kayak trips if i want to bust the kayak out i want to i want to be in the day. water for five six plus hours and just you know hit the river and be able to kind of almost half wade half kayak because i like to you know pull over on the kayak yep wade some riffles be real stealthy you know and then jump back in the kayak flip it over once or twice uh, <laughs> i have a vibe yellowfin 120 nothing crazy just a dick special you say flip it over once or twice <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> hot, hot days i've only done that once got it uh yeah uh nothing crazy i mean no electronics or anything just but a paddle and uh, a paddle and you know bring three or four rods out which is nice because normally when i'm waiting i'm just a one rod guy i don't like packing you know the samurai style where you have the second rod and it's just uh-huh. kind of uncomfortable for me i like being able to switch switch up real quick but yeah i i do go kayak fishing i've got actually got a real my biggest kayak trip planned this spring uh, four guys. We're gonna we're gonna tear up the East Fork Little Miami and a Little Miami. Take it all the way to the Ooh. Ohio River. Oh, come on! Three days overnight camping oh, on the sand. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I tried it once. It was just full of disaster. Kayak flip, hook in my uh, crankbait, hooked in my pants. Dropped my phone in the river overnight. Uh, came back and it was one hundred percent still on, still working. Wow, <laughs> four feet deep in water. Go iPhones. <laughs> wow that's impressive it yeah. didn't like do yeah, that's the, like a shoot off that code where i've got i've got mine wet before so really quick what type of rod reel setup the line because you know river fishing can be rough online what what is it that you carry since you already carry one it's probably pretty versatile so walk us through it i, I switch up quite a bit okay. if i'm feeling uh that i want to you know go out and fight a little bit more and, and maybe even target like sunfish i got a i got a five foot five ultralight there you super go. fast action Love doing that. It's just kind of like a fun day. But my bread and butter is a seven foot uh, medium light, uh, six pound uh, mono. I love doing that because I love being able to switch if I want to go to top water real quick since I've only got one setup. Yeah. Um, six pound mono, so maybe eight if I know if I'm in like a bigger water like the Great Miami or something like that. But typically it's a six pound mono and a size 2000 reel. Yeah. Um, simple setup, one rod, just taking it out there. And uh, yeah, backpack full of uh, my favorite stuff net on my hip ready to ready to catch some small jaws camera camera on your head or you got a chest rolling the chesty can camera on the head i go the i go the hat mount ah. and, uh, i've got uh this is my crusty hat that i'm about to do a video on how to to mount one of these guys i got a new hat but yeah i, I really like the uh the hat mount i i noticed this when i was watching nd yak angler yeah um He's got. A, I. I just didn't like the view where, where you see this a lot in the chest. Yeah, and you're like, I move. I can't see that he's jumping. Move your hands. And I'm like, you know, I'm six four. I. I got the good view. Just put it up on on top of my head. I can see everything. 
So yeah, I love the hat mount. It's super versatile. I, I switched over because in a kayak, I, I was noticing that something would happen over here and I'd have to like scooch my body over to get that chest mount to oh, view yeah. it where the hat mount, Isn't I could it? just go boom and I'm on the action. Yeah. So it became, it became almost like a better filming, uh, you know, versus just easier to see and look. And if you hear a splash, boom, you're on it. You got the video of it. No, that makes sense, especially when you're fishing creeks. It's always maddening. Like I started off with the the boomstick on my back right corner for a lot of my shots, and I put it on widescreen, right, so you can you can get most stuff. Then I have one pointing at me, and I really like that view. You're like, man, I need one on my head too, and I was like, then I don't want to edit three different sets of videos. Like, oh my gosh, you really got to kind of pick and choose. It's right. a, if you get into the content creation of all of this, you really have to think through a lot it's true because now i got a camera on the front of my kayak but that's where i cast a lot right and so i'm going up over it and around it it's it's not necessarily the most uh convenient thing so is it difficult to pattern smallies or are they really always really in the same place that hold fish in a small creek there's not a whole lot of places for i mean them. if you're talking the bread and butter summertime Rome, yeah they're they're pretty easy to find you're gonna find them in oxygenated waters the riffles are the spot you want to target. Yeah. Um, you want to, I mean, stay away from slack water. You're not going to find a lot of stuff in slack water. You're not going to find a lot in sandy, uh, underfooting. Mm. You're going to, you're going to want to look for that riprap, that rock, that good cover where they can find camouflage to ambush because they are really highly aggressive ambush predators. They like to hide on the sides of rocks, just outside a faster current and picking off bait fish that are just floating down that, that, that faster water. So if you find riffles, this is a, this is a good tactic. If you're on Google Maps and you see a oh, straight see a straight crap. stretch, yeah, just, sure you can fish it. But if you find S bends and S curves, and you find a section of you know two three miles that just snakes, that's going to hold smallies. They're going to be in there because one, those turns are going to cut deep spots in the bank, yep. and also those turns are going to create little waterfalls and riffles and uh, you know nice little erosion patterns where the water speeds up and slows down. That's going to be the areas to target. So there you go, folks. If you're out there, like, the hey, I'm going to try home. this. Out. The foam is the home. Oh, yeah. We talked about that one. Paul was <laughs> yeah, on. Always. The foam is the home. Throw it right in the middle of that foam and boom. Yep. It's almost, it's so satisfying when you hit that foam and you just see the foam explode like a rubber duck coming out of a oh, bathtub. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. I love it. Now, you said summer. So that, that inferred a little bit about the spring and fall that they might be doing something else. Yeah, um, in the spring and fall, you're gonna you're, you'll still find them in riffles, but you're gonna want to target deep, deep areas. Here's the thing about smallies: winter can be tricky. Winter's a whole nother beast. You got to find the deepest point in your river and go try to find that. You, if you find them, if you find it, you're gonna find a bunch of smallies in it. Mm. Spring and fall, they're moving back to their to their home base. And what's so interesting is that there's been so many studies done. Uh, smallies will spend most of the entirety of their lifespan. And I'm talking, if you find a 20, they're going to spend most of their, and this is creeks and this is not lakes, lakes, right. they'll go for miles, but in creeks and, and smaller rivers, they're going to spend their life in the majority of a thousand yard stretch. What? You kidding so me? They will. Now they will travel miles in the winter to go find that deep spot. And, you know, basically that's a survival instinct. But when they come back, they know to go back to that same spot. Whether field. it takes a, a little bit of flood to get back of a up a riffle that they had to travel down, they're going to make it there. But that 500 to 1,000 yard range is where they're going to spend the entirety of their life, which is very interesting. So if you run into a pocket that you've got 18s and 20s, he's in there somewhere or he's coming back. Right. And uh, 
it's yeah, funny you, too you because won't if buy you, them if you walk 100 yards exactly like, and and if you know that there are big fish in that area don't be afraid to change up your presentation if you're not getting bit on whatever you're throwing because if you've got a spot where there are really quality fish you got to change that presentation to see what they're in the mood for that day whether it's top water whether you got to slow finesse them or if they want to chase bait but mm. you will eventually get to the point where you're like okay the pattern is on and then that's going to make your day from the rest of the day out there we've gone from two hours of skunkness to you know an hour of the a 30 bagger it's just crazy that's wild Pemball legacy fishing said i've caught the same chunk smally three times in the same spot over the span of a month yeah so that's interesting i didn't know that i mean i assumed that they were you know there's not a whole lot of places to go because sometimes you're walking a stream like oh they're not going to get past this right now unless it floods and they're not right. going to get past this unless it floods so there's they're in here somewhere and it's crazy you're walking right next to them so yeah <laughs> how do you fish with like you know you go out with your friends you got these small creeks how do you how do you fish like two three people yeah two is perfect three can sometimes get get a little crowded i've even done four man and what we do is we try to i know me and paul and and me and mike here in the chat probably fish the most together and we try to do what's called leapfrog so mm -hmm. if you're lead man if you're sitting yeah, a shotgun right if you're up front <clears throat> you get the first crack at whatever spot you're seeing so if you catch a fish you let the other guy jump in front and then he's got the lead seat um, but we've done that before and we we've joked about it me and paul where, where we're like oh i'm catching all the fish in the back seat here oh that's you know? when yeah that's when you start uh ruffling the feathers of those up front yeah you yeah so three or four deep kind of you're catching fish. yeah it's a little etiquette thing where you know if you catch a fish you let the other guy jump ahead yeah that makes sense i like it so here's a here's i was thinking about this maybe you know about it i don't know a whole lot about creek fishing but well like a heavy rain wipe out like an entire class year of fish is that possible if it's crazy enough and it's at the right time when they're the Will it wipe out what late like an entire class year of smallies because eggs just get wiped because it was wild and crazy man i don't i don't know i I'm just i, I was, I was thinking about that how, uh, how hard would it have to flood to I, just enough to to rip out rip the eggs off the wherever yeah. they're at that's a know. good question yeah we need a naturalist in the building to oh. answer that like how many cfs does it take the river to um remove an egg from a rock or a uh, grassy lay down yeah i don't know what we'll does that need to be gramps is on sorry hickman outdoors now but this, i think this is actually gramps he just wants a 21.5 man don't we all that's a that's a big fish in ohio i know he's in indiana but so so give some measured expectations if you're in ohio um, I mean, 18 is a pretty, 18 is a, a trophy fish. Yeah. That's yeah. fish Ohio. Yeah. Well, you said fish Ohio. Yeah. I want to ask you about that. So for those of you not familiar, fish Ohio is a program that we have here. Um, and I'm going to let you kind of take it out. Cause I know Paul does it as well. And apparently you do it because you referenced yeah. it. Um, share with people what that is. I don't think it's in every state. Yeah. I don't know if every state does it, but the Ohio DNR, uh, has the, basically their trophy program and they've got all the fish listed by size and in inches yep. of what they consider their trophy class. And then if you submit it, it's just on the honor system. No one's like really checking it. You just, you'd submit it and you get a, a pin award for catching a trophy fish. And if you get, I think it's four or maybe five species. If you get a fish Ohio in uh, multiple species, you get the master angler pin. Oh, and uh, so smallmouth is what I usually fish for. It's a uh, 18 inch. Okay. Um, largemouth is 20. Spots, I believe, are 15. And uh, let's see, I think a rock bass is 10. 
Um, oh, so okay. that's that's normally what you would find, like the the bread and butter species that you're going to find. You're going to run into some white bass and um, you know some classic sunfish, even some sauger and sogai. And Paul actually called a walleye in one of our walleye creeks. Like, yeah, some walleye from time to time. Yeah, uh, I caught a, caught a fish Ohio sogai from a spillway, 19 incher. Oh, wow. uh, which was, yeah, just a, a, a one in a different, yeah. Oh, four species. Yeah. So Paul, four species and you get the master angler. Steve says go. steelheads 28. Jeez. That's still on my bucket list. Big fish. I still like on the bucket list. Um, Penball says nine for rock bass. Oh, nine. Okay. Even easier. Those, that seems like too, too small for a, for a trophy rock bass. Yeah. I don't, I don't catch. I mean, they, they're fun to catch because they're a fun, fun little fight, but they usually get on the lure whenever you're going after a small age. Darren, I got to tell you the, the story of the salami monster. Some, <laughs> I mean, somebody... how can I turn that down? <laughs> Please share. So it was 2017. Ball game morning. <laughs> I, I got a pack of lunch. I got a little cooler with me. I'm on my, you know, this is before I was really, really into fishing real hard. And I, I got a catfish bowl with me. I got a bass rod. I'm out there. I'm 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 just using my bass rod. I'm it's a little trip, literally a hundred yards off the Ohio River. So I'm like, I'm gonna catch something, pulling out into this creek, you know, taking a little rest. Bass fishing is not doing it for me. I'm going out there. I get bored. I'm like, you know what? I didn't eat the sandwich. This is a salami and cheese sandwich. I take my piece of salami. Yeah. Rig it up on, on a swim, on a swim bait head. <laughs> what? Throw it out there, right? I'm bored. I throw it out there just waiting and I'm I'm walking down the bank, still bass fishing, you know. Got the drag loose so I can listen for it. Little bit, little bit starts moving. I check it out. I have this isn't the salami monster, but it is a salami monster. I pull up a 14-inch hellbender. Oh, whoa. And I'm like, what wow. in the demogorgon did I just pull <laughs> out of the water? This thing is wild looking. So I'm I'm taking pictures of it because I'm like, wow. I, I have what in the salamander freak show is this? I have never seen this before. Boom. And I'm taking all kinds of pictures. Wow. Throw it back. Still got the salami. Oh, you still got your bait. Still got the salami. Too. There. Throw it back out there. Shout out to Boar's Head. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, throw it back out there. I'm still bass fishing. Done for the day. You know what? Let's wrap it up. Nothing's happening. I'm reeling in the salami, and I'm like, oh, there's a little, oh, my good. There's something on here. Oh, pull it in. Oh, my goodness. My PB smallmouth that I have still not beat to this day. Are you day. kidding me? On a piece of salami. Three, Like a three and a half pound small mouth who was just sitting there with it in his mouth <laughs> and i have never ousted the salami monster in 2024 i am going to take the salami monster is. off the list i don't <laughs> care what it takes if i have to drive to lake st Clair, i'm getting rid of that dang salami monster this how year. how did you share all of your baits and not share the bait that you caught your personal best on that's my question <laughs> it's a little embarrassing but confidence unconfidence lore bringing it back Definitely. I'm, I'm going to rub salami on all my lures from now on. I have never, I've seen <laughs> hellbenders before. I mean, I, pictures of them. I've never it, actually caught it's one. It's like a mud puppy for yeah. someone's like, a, what's a hellbender? It is a gilled, four, four-legged, flat, just a what? just, you got to Google it. It's hard to describe. You just look up hellbender. It's a creepy looking giant salamander mud puppy looking thing. Now they're protected, aren't they? I heard they are. Yes. And, and someone was like, oh, my goodness, you caught an endangered species. And yes. I was like, I looked it up and I was like, oh, my goodness, that's wild. Yeah, they're wild. You can't, like, hook it up for bait and throw it back out. You'll get, yeah. you'll get yourself in trouble there. But if so if someone's in the comments over there and you pull an image from 
what a hellbender throw it in the comments see everyone else is like what what's a pinball legacy fishing what's a hellbender yeah yeah someone help us out throw the picture in there and i'm curious on like how they're protected what you can and can't cannot do obviously you can't kill them i would imagine but um since you fish dude says matt throws oscar meyer baloney as a topwater bait called you out man wow called you out that wow. i have a feeling this wow. is true yeah, you know, I just frisbee. I just frisbee it out there, and uh, yeah, we aim our our ploppers for it, and uh, <laughs> it's like a little frisbee disc. So you're chumming the waters, is what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, a little bologna sandwich action. <laughs> I love it. So what happens? So help me out. So you get you get a creek that's kind of blown out. You're still fishing it because it's not like dangerous, but it's muddy. And so what are you throwing? What what lures are you reaching into your your backpack full of fun for clear water? muddy water do you make your own baits like paul or do you let him kind of do his own thing um, i do not make my own baits i pour my own jig heads about as fancy as i get as i as i pour my own net ewgs um, you paint them too yeah well just with like paint? a powder powder coating yeah. yeah um yeah some of the boys in the chat were actually over at my house and i was like let's get spring loaded boys let's let's make some ewg neds man we made like 200 <laughs> of them we're stocked um, I've gone to Paul's and we've done blank. We've bought blanks uh, of uh, like topwater baits and painted them up. So we go over to the Cincy Fish Lab and uh, yeah. do up some topwater. But Paul has gotten really good at making, especially those wood carvings. Yeah, man, he's almost he's almost reached uh, marling bait status. Oh, <clears throat> I'm super impressed, especially this last video he's got where he's got half wood, half resin. Whoa, wild and crazy. Whoa, yeah. When he catches when he catches a fish on it, he then never throws it again, and he puts it on like the wall of fame. Yeah, so I'm yeah. always impressed by that. Like, all right. I uh, I called out Paul because uh, Paul is a, a wonderful musician, very talented. Uh, but I've got a bone to pick because the man has never brought the harmonica to the riverbanks, and I feel like that's almost he plays that's harmonica. Almost if you play harmonica and if you play it like a beast. You wow. better bring it to the riverbank and serenade us with some with some fishing tunes, my guy. Next time, Paul. Who do I, listen, who do I call to report that crime? I know, right? <laughs> I there was a time where like I want to learn the harmonica. I bought one, I played it for like six months, but it never really, really stuck. But yeah, I mean, there's nothing like is he on that trip with you and you guys are going down to Ohio River? Because there's nothing like sitting inside side of the high river playing harmonica. Right. No, he's not going on this one. And yeah. not going on the overnight camp. I don't think Paul likes to likes to do overnight camping. I think he's yeah. uh, he's a glamper. He might be a glamper. <laughs> I think I probably am too. But I'm going to rough it out. There you go. Uh, I don't think we ever got back to muddy water, clear water. Because oh got yeah, sidetracked yeah. by the baloney Mu monster. Or whatever. Muddy water. I'm doing a couple muddy. things. Right. Dark bait. Right. I want the I want the muddy water. I want something in uh, high contrast against that that milk chocolatey water. So I'm probably throwing black or blue or just jet black in a bait um a particular bait that you lean to i would probably go like a black paddle tail rigged up on an ewg net head so okay. that i can either retrieve it as fast or as slow as i want or pause it and just have that thing sit on the bottom almost net, like a larger ned style yep um but recently also i have noticed that throwing the flash the high flash of a spinner bait um in a in a colorado and the specifically Colorado versus Willow Blade is because that Colorado blade will displace uh, more water because it's got that wider blade to it, and it makes that louder hum and thump in the water. Yeah. So if you're maybe struggling in dirty water, especially if the sun's out, the sun's not out, I'm not throwing the spinner bait in dirty water. But if the sun's out and I've got dirty water, uh, I'll throw like a double Colorado blade um, or maybe something uh, jet black with an underspin on it right. because I want that's... contrast and I want flash. Right, and at that point, they're not they're not sight eating. 
Yeah, right. visibility is going to be a lateral line, right? Four, four inches. It's going to be terrible. You got to put it right in front of their face, or attract them with sound. So I, I think uh, uh, right. spinner bait's a good way to go. Makes sense. Um, Clearwater. What's your typical go-to? Clearwater's so open. If I got a Clearwater Creek, they get like the flood the game's open. Anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, I then mean, you got long casts you got to deal with, right? Before they 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 see you. Yeah, clear water. I'm going natural usually. I try to throw natural baits. I love throwing baby bass is my favorite color. Like, I mean, you got the wake bait baby bass. I've got my favorite baby bass. Baby bass. Yeah. I've got the swimming dinger baby bass. I've got the breaking bass baby bass. I've got paddle tails in baby bass. Is your baby natural? bass like my green pumpkin? Every exactly. Day. Exactly. Yeah. It's like it's like John Dalton's. Uh, what, what is this color? The lemon lemon swirl. <laughs> <laughs> never. I, oh. I would never fish a color like that. I know he slays <laughs> on it. I just can't do non-natural colors. Can't yeah. do it. Clear water. I'm going natural. I got to throw it, and they got to throw what they what they uh, what they want. You know what? I've got a very interesting thing that I learned from a guy named Steve Coomer. Okay. Anyone in Ohio may be familiar with Steve Coomer. He's a very uh, seasoned fair. smallmouth. Uh, fisherman if you want to have even higher success in your river creek stream wherever it is ohio dnr they do shock reports they do shock oh, studies yeah. yeah in certain now they don't do it in every creek or river but if they do it in your creek they they will have it listed of what was found in those specific sections and it can vary wildly from mile one to mile six and the shock reports will tell you, you know, if there were darters, if there were shiners, or like what is the common occurrence? And you can go back years in the past and find those presentations. And there'll even be pictures showing some of the things that were, you know, pulled out during the shock sizes and stuff like that. So you can right. really go. It's a super awesome insight into what's living in my river. What are they eating? And let me go throw that. So if your state does that, if your if your river system does that, it is an, an invaluable tool. Can you die like? Are they giving you like sections like, Hey, within yeah. this mile. So yeah. You can and typically me... it's where gauges are sometimes I've noticed that a lot of the times they shock report where gauges are, because I think they're doing an all in one, like they'll go check the gauge. They'll do maintenance and then they'll do a shock report there. Okay. Just, you know, kind of ease of whatever, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting thing that I learned from Steve. And when I started looking into it and diving into it, I was like, wow, this is a, a wealth of info, cool information, so especially you if you're that. wanting to know like what's there and what they're right. eating. Yeah. So you take that information, you tie it to the stat you shared earlier, which smallies don't move a whole heck of a lot. And if it was done recently, it's likely still there, but bigger. Yeah. Put right. all that knowledge together, game over. And game over. Then that like, official Ohio pin in. <laughs> I, I love, I loved your tip. This is probably my biggest takeaway, and it makes sense, right? Sometimes I don't, I don't sleep, eat, drink, um, creek fishing. So this is helpful for me. Whenever you're looking for a spot, find the snakiest piece of creek that you can find, rockiest piece of creek you can find. A lot of times you can 100%. see the ripples from Google Earth, absolutely, right? Yep. Versus the long straight nothingness yeah um, still catch fish there but i liked i like that tidbit especially for those getting into maybe for the first time or being like hey why can't i catch a freaking fish on this stretch that's really convenient for me to get to um it might just require a little extra research find another drop-in point find the rock avoid the sand find the snake i love it if you got a question for matt we're coming up to the end of our time here um please throw that in the comment section I would love, 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 love to hear that. All right. So 
I had a couple other questions here. Oh, one of the questions was, you caught a baby deer? Yeah, we already covered that. If you if you came in late and you're like, what are you talking about? The beginning of the video, uh, we showed a video where a baby deer just crawled into your arms and nuzzled you. It was yeah, wild. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's a tool or something that you carry now, right, for the creek that you wish you would have known about earlier? Uh, early on, I lost so many quality fish right because those are the ones that really are the heartbreakers when you lose mm. them um from just hand hand landing and so i now oh, okay am always i always have a landing net on me nice rubber net so you can easily you know clear your uh hooks from you know from your bait in it but just a nice something on a retractable little elastic something i can just dip down it doesn't weigh a lot but man a creek landing net I'm not talking something heavy like like for trout, that wooden, nice, fancy one, but just a, a nice, easy, round-style landing net uh, is invaluable. for Because when you're fighting in the water, sometimes it's it's hard to get a good grip on it. He's swimming around you. You'll get the line wrapped around your legs sometimes because, you know, you're standing in three feet of water, and he's going to go where he can find cover. And sometimes it's in between your legs. Right. And so having something there to help you land is 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 super important. I don't fish without a net anymore. All right. And I forget it on days. I am turn around and go get it. <laughs> really? You'll turn around and walk back to your. your yeah, I'll, I'll go back and I'll go back and get it. You've I think lost. The other thing that I always now bring with me is um, uh, a, a, a small digital scale that has a retractable tape on it because oh, there you, go. you never know when Mr. Hey, Salami Monster is going to be It's coming back. Gotta, yeah. gotta have it. <laughs> he he defied the odds, swam upstream. He's, yeah. he's sitting Other than that, I'm a backpack. I, I wear a backpack, bottle of water. Plano full of baits, pliers, GoPro on the head, battery pack, and man, it's uh, that's about it. One fishing rod, one reel. Let's get to catching. It's a it's a simple, lightweight setup. keeps it uh, keeps it easy to move about in the creek. Yep. Yeah. No, I went out with Paul last time, and I liked something that he had because I think he doesn't wear a head mount, right? I think he has his on a chest, a, on yeah, on his vest. Yeah, I bought a new setup now. He's got a magnet. That goes that attaches his GoPro. What? So have to build it in. Oh man, yeah, I'm telling you, man, he's so crafty. He's got like a little yeah. magnet clip that goes on his vest now. It's like a like a like a chest sling. Yeah. Okay. So what Super. I what I liked about what I saw on his his deal is he had a nice vest. I bought one of those. I liked it so much, and I wanted people to like me. It's like, is it the vest that makes him so relatable and people not mad at him? So I bought a vest, bought the little clip for the GoPro, but he was like, here's a tip for you: go buy that wax. Jacks, I think it's called Jacks or something, and put it in all the ports that when you do fall into the water or slip off a rock, you don't fry your GoPro. And I was like, that is brilliant. I'm going back. I bought that stuff. And just just so you don't ruin a three, four hundred dollar GoPro, waterproof that bad boy that with is, some that wax. Is, yep. That is a great like tip. It. Look at look especially at when you're as short as Paul is Ooh. and the camera is so close to the water. Yeah. More you risky. gotta have you gotta protect it. I mean, I think just splashing and walking would probably get that thing wet. When you when you're an Oopaloopa, it's really difficult to go fishing. He says this podcast is doing wonders for us. So yeah, we had to we had to take him down a notch. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. He, <laughs> Love you, Paul. Here's what it's not Jax, it's Max. Max oh, earplug yep. wax is what it's called. You can get on Amazon. Um, but yeah. Uh, we got a question over here from Rob's Wood and Custom Sawmilling. What guys do with your kayak fishing? You drag a chain or anchor up for floats, or none. You just get out of your kayak. Yep. Yeah. None. I figured. Um, yeah. Some of the kayaks out there, they got those 
um, power poles. I attempted to do a manual power pole once. Attempted? I attempted. Yeah, it did not work. I even bought like a like a weighted spike for the bottom of this uh, like filled PVC, and I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be awesome!" Because you know, two feet of water, you can just jab that sucker down. Right. No. What happened? Um, I thought everything was gonna be easy sand. It's like it's like I can't oh, yeah. pound this into rock. What do I do? I can't. No, this doesn't work. So yeah, just float, float around, drift around, and if you want to stop, find a bank, pull over, figure it out. Yeah. Unless you're like into kayak, see, you do it like ten percent of the time. But I could see if you do it yeah. inverse river kayak fish, then power pole. I've seen some guys who have double power poles, so Ooh. it puts down. So if they're going at an angle, if you put one down, you're just gonna your boat's gonna go with the with the water, right? If you got two, you can be pulling an angle, setup. hit two, and if the water's not too bad, you could it just keep you there, so you can stay line of sight with whatever you're pointed at that's, that's kind of fascinating that's but those power poles are like half a grand per pole that's definitely going on a hobie for sure if you have two power poles you own a hobie <laughs> <laughs> you got the cadillac oh i love it all right any other question any you got any questions go ahead we're coming well we're at one hour 10 minutes this it always flies by which is kind of right? wild increases yeah time. last question unless someone comes in at 11th hour with one in your opinion What's the most underrated smallmouth fishing lure that you haven't talked about yet? Ooh, under underrated. Something you're like, okay, maybe the juice that you keep for yourself and I'm asking you to share right now or something maybe you used a lot, but you kind of got away from. You're like, why don't I go back to that? Because it slayed when I used it. I got to say, I don't see many other people throwing grubs for smallmouth just like a small three inch grub that's why it's in my have to have three okay like if i would bring three baits on the on the water it's right. so underrated and it's it's just the perfect profile the perfect size i think white is super key especially if you're in you know clear to semi-clear water a white grub is just it's so it's so amazing if i could only throw if you said matt you can only bring one thing on the water yeah to have a great day catching it will be a white grub one thousand percent yeah. Yeah. That's okay. And I think, and I don't see a lot of people throwing grubs in creeks for smallmouth because it's, I don't think it says it's not the sexy lure to throw. It's not a sweet looking crankbait or no, you it's know, a 25 cent spinner. Exactly. Lure. It's, yeah, it's I a mean, nothing it's, lure. Yeah. It's like the gum dinger. Yeah. Exactly. It's not exciting to talk and about. And I would say Ned, but Ned is so popular now for smallies. I don't think it's yeah. really underrated anymore. I would agree there. You got a lot of people, tubes, tubes, tubes. You got. Ne I've never tied a tube on in my life. Are you kidding me? I think if I was a, if I was a lake or deep water fisherman, I'd throw tubes more, but I, I'd just never thrown a tube. It's, 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 a, it's, I feel your tubes are boring to me. And I know, I know they are the juice for catching fish. I just, I don't know. <laughs> I just never thrown a tube. You got Cincy Fish Dude, Tube, Hickman Outdoors. Shh, tube is my maybe, juice. Maybe I need to add that to here? my fluke is tubes. Fast raft. Tubes tubes steve brockway tubes I'm, well all i'm right. missing the boat here i'm i must be missing the boat all right i mean it, it makes sense i know i know gramps is always is, has a bunch of videos on the stupid tube so you got that weighted bad boy that kind of makes sense to me it kind of acts similarly to maybe a, a, a grub um a weighted grub so uh tammy nh new hampshire fishing gal how do you rig how do you rig your grub i think you may share it earlier but go ahead and share that again if if I'm throwing a grub, I'll either use a uh, uh, just a standard net head, and I'll tell you why the net head, or, or something that's got a the, a flatter style head on it, like the EWG, and I use like a little one aught, right? It's very small for like a three inch 
four inch grub would be perfect is because the water displacement on the front of a like a flat mushroom style head will allow you to control the the drop and retrieve a lot easier than like a bullet or swim bait style pointed head on it because those tend to go straight to the bottom and then you're doing more of a yo-yo action if you're mm. you know trying to bring that up but if you've got something that's got a flatter head that's going to displace water and make it a little bit slower then you can kind of with your speed of of retrieve you can kind of you can very accurately place it in the middle of the column, run it by the bottom and slow roll the rocks or fish it up near the top. So I love throwing it on something that's got, I, I throw it on this, but if you use a regular Ned head or any kind of mushroom head style jig, that's how I rig my, that's how I rig all my retrieval bait, soft plastics, whether it's a, you know, a curly tail or if it's a paddle tail, um, everything, everything except for work to bottom finesse, like a, like a Helgramite or an actual right. Ned rig. All right. There it is, guys. Giving the juice away. Thank you, Matt, for coming on. Absolutely. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah. Heck yeah. It was great. Got to have you on some. We actually just got to fish together. I am not. I mean, every once in a while, I'm I'm around Cincinnati. What I do, I hit up Paul. Got to hit up you as well. I know time is is getting more hard to come by to fish when you have a small kiddo. But hey. Hey, I'll come up to to Northeast Ohio. I've been dying to get up there in some juice. Oh. into some of that uh northern juice there i will take it hey guys do me a favor head over to matt's fishing mission oh i had a question for you what is the mission of matt's fishing mission the mission always be on mission so um uh my 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 calling there is uh it's a double entendre always be on mission always be on a fishing mission hey yo but also i'll be on mission for god mm. and uh we we love being able to for those that can receive it uh hearing the word of god and uh it's, uh, it's an important thing we we keep in our lives, and uh, we like to work it into our uh, into our fishing mission. Hey, I like it, and a fellow faith brother over here. Appreciate what you do. So thank you. Keep keep rocking and rolling. If you haven't done this, so head over to Matt's Fishing Mission on YouTube. Hit that hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Follow the stuff that he does, especially if you love love creek fishing. He does a really good job over there. Uh, if you're listening in, please hit that like button. Um, helps get some little extra reach on YouTube. And if you're listening in on like Spotify or wherever it is that you listen to your podcast, not the live show and not the video, please help me out. I'm trying to get some reviews of the show. And I imagine if you made it all the way to one hour and 15 minutes, you like it. So that's the review I want. So help me out there. I love, I, I love to have you. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Next week, I have Sly Fox fishing on. We're going to talk about spinner baits, my least favorite. Maybe. Maybe I could fall in love with it. Maybe he'll win me over. I don't know. We will see. But thank you, Matt. Appreciate you. Thank you, sir. We'll see you all next Tuesday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern on the Kayak Fishing Obsessed show. Thanks, guys. See ya. You've been listening to the Kayak Fishing Obsessed podcast. Kayak fishing is a passion that runs through our veins. And our passion is to talk about every aspect of it, have a blast doing it, and laugh the whole way. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram at Window Fishing. You know, they say if people concentrated on the really important things in life, there'd be a shortage of fishing kayaks. (laughs) See you next time on the Kayak Fishing Obsessed Podcast.